Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Under the Tree with T. Thank you so much for the overwhelming number of people who listened to the first part of this series of my experiences as a black female trainer in the Australian fitness industry. So today I have a special guest on the episode with me. It's Denise Muzinda, who is a Melbourne-based personal trainer. She is originally from Zimbabwe and she's going to be talking about her experiences in the industry. So enjoy it, sit back, relax. And before we go on to my chat with Denise, I'd really like to emphasize yet again that this episode is not a way of being non-inclusive. It is a way of being inclusive and recognizing the diversity that is in Australia and the diversity that is growing as more immigrants come in. Bearing in mind that the African Australian population is minimal. It's about 1.6% of the overall Australian population. So I think that it's important for the younger generations to have an archive or a record of stories of black female trainers in the Australian fitness industry who can give guidance on what it was like based on our experiences. So really sit back and listen to this with an open mind, a mind that is ready to be inspired, a mind that is ready to learn and understand the different experiences that we've had. Okay, enjoy. Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of Under the Tree with T. Um, so uh, from last episode, you would have been following um, the series that I started on talking about my experiences as a black female trainer in the Australian fitness industry. So today for the second episode, I'm really excited to have Denise Muzinda here with me, who's going to be having a chat about her own experiences as well, and also inspiring us about um, talking about her journey, how she started in fitness, her challenges, and how she overcame them and so forth. So welcome, Denise. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Sarai. Um, thanks for having me over. This is such a great uh, platform to be on. I'm quite honoured. Thank you so much and you're welcome. So yeah, so please tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and also about your fitness business as well. Yeah, um, so my name is Denise Mzwinda, as Sarai has um, introduced me as. I am 28. I'm originally a Zimbabwean, so I have, uh, I was born there, I was raised over there and I moved over to Australia in 2006. Um, from there on, we, my family and I moved to a very country town um, in South Australia called Port Augusta. So, oh. yeah, that was very uh bit of a culture shock because obviously there is very little exposure to um, you know immigrants coming over there I think we were one of the uh, few families that moved over there um, as part of my dad's um, uh, job he was an electrician um, by trade so it was very it was mind-blowing because not many people, you know, saw black people. Um, it wasn't a huge um, thing that 
you know, they, they often saw every day. So being part of a community that you are starting to, you know, have your culture um, exposed to a different culture was completely different. There were, um, you know, Aboriginal um, communi communities around as well, um, but it was slightly different, obviously, um, with um, just having a different exposure to that. And I think learning about their culture at school and then actually seeing um, the Aboriginal culture um, in real life was very, uh, very interesting to, to be able to, to be part of. So I, I'm quite thankful for being able to, to be exposed to that at a very young age and being able to see the difference um, and, and how the lifestyles of uh, different communities um, change. So yeah, my journey um, almost started, uh, I guess, at a younger age in terms of loving fitness. I grew up enjoying sport. I, um, you know, started swimming lessons when I was about four or five years old. Um, and then from there, <clears throat> I was cycling to school um, from grade three. Um, I played uh, sport <clears throat> throughout primary and high school. I was part of the tennis um, team, like school team, swimming team. Um, and also played field hockey. So all of those, like, I think played a huge role in just my enjoyment of being outdoors and, you know, just loving um, keeping fit, you know, because with all the sport comes obviously training with that. So we'd spend most of our time uh, training for the sport or training for specific, like, you know, inter-sport um, competitions and that was a lot of fun because you know you you have your teammates you have those bonding moments and you get through that journey together yeah. so yeah fast pace um when we moved to adelaide in 2008 um after finishing high school and also getting into sort of the university um field is where you start to meet people um, and also, you know, starting to be able to go to the gym as well. So um, I did, and you know, start my first exposure into a gym environment and like anyone that was very daunting and, you know, not having any experience except obviously sport. You know, you see all these, you know, gym junkies as people you know and it's very it's different to when you're playing sport because everyone's you know in the game everyone knows what they're supposed to do yeah true. So that was something that I was like oh you know I, I want to start but I don't know how to do it and then I found you know fitness classes um, that were um, associated with the uh, gym that I went to um, helped a lot because you know it almost felt like we were a team together again so it was more like you know we're, we're a team but we're all you know trying to achieve um, what the instructor is showing so I appreciated that and I I thought that that was something that mm, you know if someone has an instructor to be able to guide them through um, versus just going into the gym as on your own, that's something that you would want to um, sort of hold on to and have accountability with as well. So I found that to be quite, yeah, quite, quite helpful for myself. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> and, and it sounds like your journey is very similar to mine because I played a lot of sports as well. And so the fitness was always sort of there in the background. 
Yeah. So once you step get into the gym, it might even be a little bit easier, I think, to start getting into the gym. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, you know, would have gone through that through school as well. You know, like mm-hmm. sport was, you know, compulsory in some um, schools. I know some in Zimbabwe, everyone had, you know, two hours of compulsory sport. Um, over yeah. here, you know, you have the opportunity to choose um, PE as a subject, but you can opt out, and so it's not as um, compulsory as it used to be. Um, back home so I know there are some PE classes that you mandatory to do here but it's not you know through the whole course um, of school so yeah um, yeah I found that to be quite helpful and I think you know because everyone has that bit of exposure they're probably going through the same thing as well and that's what I wanted to um, be able to help people in that state so I started um my set three when I moved here to Melbourne. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I moved here for my uh, full-time work, which um, is in the science field. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just enjoyed, you know, exercising and I got a lot of questions from people that I didn't really know the answers to. And so I wanted to be able to answer those questions, but obviously you know, with the right knowledge um, and references as well. So that's something that I um, decided myself, I wanted to do a bit of research um, through uh, just looking, I guess, scouting for what a good um, academy would be for showing me how to do that. Um, So I did, obviously I was working full time at the time and I was, really you know inclined to opt out because I thought oh I've got a lot happening on my plate you know I've started a new job and this is something I should probably hold off um but I just kept sort of thinking look I I think I need to you know look into this a bit more so I did and I found um the uh, academy called Australian Fitness Academy yeah so they are based in Caulfield um, at the time I was in Parkville, so it was really tricky because um, oh, I yeah, study part-time <laughs> after work and do classes um, in the evening. So mm-hmm. for my set three, I actually, um, I did the mistake of um, studying online. So I because, you know, I was a bit weary, like I said, I wasn't sure, you know, what, what, how I would be able to juggle everything. So I thought I'd start off doing online, see how it goes. And in the end, I ended up completing it because I thought, oh, the distance to work would be hard to travel. So it's worth just doing that online. And I think that's the biggest mistake that you could ever do within the fitness industry because Mm -hmm. it is face-to-face, a face-to-face, you know, industry, like everyone, you yeah. meet your customers, it's you know, true. yeah, you're networking also, just like any business, really. Um, mm. So I just thought, look, I think for set four, I need to get back into face-to-face. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I equipped myself and managed to do evening classes after work, um, three nights a week, and then we'd do like Saturday um, all day, 
uh, sessions as well. Some more practical would be in the in in the gym and actually, you know, be I guess training on each other. Training. Yeah, so <laughs> I found it so fun. Mm, it was very mm. fun. Yeah, very fun and you know practical because you're actually mm -hmm. diagnosing someone with an actual um, you know if they've got an injury or if they've got, you know, past history of any, um, uh, you know, diseases or anything like that, you, you almost mm -hmm. know what's going on with them as opposed to more hypothetical when you were studying. Um, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, it's such a difference, isn't it? Yeah, it's very different. So I definitely encourage anyone who's wanting to venture into the industry or starting their study on fitness to start off really, um, do your research, but also think about, you know, the impact that um, how you study uh, will, will have on your, I guess, overall learning. Um, I mean, some people, it may be good for them um, because obviously people will learn differently, but yeah, put that yeah. into account to say, if you do have any, like if you're more like me where you're more practical and you know learning is a lot more interesting you're more yeah. it is it's much more interesting face to face yeah so that that's something that i found to be quite difficult um but being in that environment from you know shifting from online at home to being face to face our class was probably comprised of about roughly just under 20 students oh, all right yeah, so we had about 20 students and i was the only female um black um woman there so that was oh, you know, yeah. um a little bit not not to say that they haven't had any um you know black female students prior to me joining the academy or after that but within mm -hmm. the stream that i was in um, I was the only black woman there and there were, um, you know, other women of color, which is great. Um, all diverse, you know, um, people are, you know, all beautiful, lovely, lo lovely group of people that I worked with. Um, but yeah, it, it, you, do, you do see that change. And I think you start mm -hmm. to kind of think about, you know, if I'm going to be in the industry, how, am I going to apply what I've learned here, but also, you know, with my cultural background in, in effect as well. So that, mm. I think all of that just sort of helped me to kind of digest on, you know, having a target audience and how I want to be able to help um, other females that have been in, in the same situation as I have been um, moving from, you know, a different country. So, yeah. And, and when you were studying, did you have an idea of how you would, um, you know, being African, anything that you thought, oh, I can take this part of my culture and make it a positive part of my work when I get into the industry? Was there anything you, you saw? I think, yeah, I think there was a few things. I think for me, um, a lot of like uh, sort of nutritional values that the African community has think that yeah. plays a huge part um, in being able to understand how you know the norm or like your staple foods although growing up may have been a norm they might not necessarily 
give you the nutrients or nourishment you require um, mm-hmm. body so I think um, in terms of obviously everyone has a different body type um, but how you then incorporate you know in terms of um, serve sizes and you know all of that because the the, the academy was teaching us all of the you know nitty-gritties of um, how you know nutrition plays a big part in your um, fitness and how um, you know choosing the right you know quantities how much carbs you know how the Australian um, food guidelines tell us you know things to think about when you're preparing food for me mm. like oh you know your mom always used to uh, teach us how to cook this way you know you have you know your 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 carbs you have your vegetables you have your meats and then you start to sort of think out of the box in that aspect so yeah yeah for me culturally I was like oh you know you you really start to think oh wow this you know is really applicable um um, I can then have my I think about my the foods that we have um obviously as Zimbabweans you know sadza vegetables so it's like okay how, how do we then um you know i'd put my hand up and sort of say oh you know ask questions in that sort of regard as um you know how how would you then try and you know put those together and you know if you're asking a client about you know specific things how then would you incorporate that to be able to allow them to have the right nutritional advice so yeah it was interesting in that aspect (laughs) I see what you mean because it's almost like you're taking uh something that's been uh packaged a certain way and you just add you're just adding different ingredients so that it can work for different cultures whether someone is Asian or African that kind of applicable for any um <clears throat> any background but i think the idea is you know it's the same it's the same concept so i thought i, I thought hmm. that's actually quite interesting and um yeah because i always think if it's happening to me someone else is also you know experiencing the same thing so yeah, yeah that was quite wow. an eye opener for me and then moving on from um, uh, your course, when you finished, how did you then start your personal training? Did you set up as a group instructor or start off in a gym or just doing things on your own? Um, so I actually started off uh, in the gym. I initially, actually during my set three, um, I, because I was studying online, I was finding it a bit more difficult. So I thought I'd try and um, get a bit of experience um, so I, I was actually going to a gym called EFM Clubs, I'm sure. Oh, yes, yeah. And um, over there, because I was, I started off as a client then, because that was mm. the first gym to where I lived, I really enjoyed the fact that, you know, the fitness instructor, the, the personal trainer was there um, on the clock. And so... You know, they'd give you workouts, um, you know, depending on your fitness level, and then they would take you through the workout um, from start to end, um, whether you'd want to or if you didn't want to, they, you know, would leave you to, to do it. But then at least keeping an eye on you, um, mm. what technique, 
uh, making sure that you know you're you're doing the right things um, and keeping obviously your reps and your sets at the same time. So I found that to be you know like I mentioned earlier when I started at the gym that sort of you know closer um, close knit environment with someone there um, mm. in the classes that I used to go to was sort of a similar environment. So I did quite enjoy that and I thought I'd implement that into my um, training um, and also working to start to get some experience. So that's how I started off, um, worked with um, EFM uh, for about a year as oh. part time. Yeah, I really enjoyed that, um, being part of, you know, the, the, the sort of a small little community. Um, it was very, again, <laughs> um, not as diverse as uh, you would expect, but also uh, being able to be, uh, I think, the only black woman there. So that was quite uh, different, I think, mm. I think it allowed me to actually, um, you know, get asked those kind of questions that you wouldn't be asked on a typical basis because yeah. people familiarise with you. You know, they start, oh, you know, why, you know, and they become, there's that channel of communication that yeah. um, normally. So I think it was pretty good. Like, yeah, it was, it was quite, quite, quite a good environment and great way to start off. Um, my journey so that's where mm. I started off yeah <laughs> okay and did you do you feel you had any challenges um besides the positive things of building I suppose are uh, more cultural connections different cultural connections did you have any challenges in terms of being a black female trainer that you saw or felt if any you might not have had any not too not a lot to be honest I, I can't say anything sort of strikes for me in terms of that environment I think um, because yeah it, it's it's a little bit ambiguous I guess it's ambiguous space because yeah some people may take things a certain way um, but for me mm. I, I never had any you know encounters or any negative experiences um, mm. during that time that I had um, at EFM so yeah it wasn't anything I think you know everyone's always curious they ask you know the typical questions um, yeah yeah nothing nothing out of the ordinary so okay that's good and then also with um, inspiration, who did you draw inspiration from? Like from the time you started as a personal trainer studying and then also going into becoming a personal trainer? Yeah, um, I think for me, I, I didn't really have, uh, I guess, inspiration as such because, I mean, you being on, you know, social media, having that impact that it has and, you know, having... Um, you know, exposure to, you know, the Australian fitness, um, I guess, gurus, if you like, you know, yeah. the likes of um, Emily Skye. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. she's awesome. Yeah. Um, Ashley Vines, you know, there's yeah. TVs, I think. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I always struggle to say her surname, but yeah, she's yeah, really done really well. Yeah, and I think it's just I think the drive that they have in terms of you know consistency and um, that 
um, you know, accountability, but also being able to inspire other women. I think that's really played a part with me because, you know, you think, oh, if they can do it, I think I can also do it, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah, and I think, so So Instagram mostly, I think having not only the Australian exposure um, with now, you know, upcoming uh, instructors such as, I think her name is, um, is, is that an Australian, Australian-based yeah, trainer? Yeah, so she's an, uh, she's an African, um, Australian based uh, BT. I think her Instagram is Sharon Fitzsultan. Oh, yes, Sharon. Yes, she's awesome. And she's doing um, Afro Step. Yeah, and I found that to be like amazing because when I first yeah. started, you know, there wasn't anything as creative as that. And I, when I stumbled on her page, I was like, wow, you know, this is amazing because not yeah. only you know you're listening to music that's African inspired that's culturally you know um impacting other other cultures but also you know mm. you're actually incorporating hit um exercises which is brilliant I mean you can't you can't yeah. go and I think I I really love the fact that it, it's also outdoors. Um, like it can be outdoors as well because, you know, not a lot of people love gym environments. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, being, being able to be outdoors as well, I found that to be um, a key thing that I would also want to um, incorporate within my services because it's one of those things where, you know, when there's good weather you can actually enjoy the sun but also <laughs> yeah um, so yeah I think um sort of all around in being on the social media aspect of things obviously the U.S. based trainers of course um <laughs> there's Massey Arias as well oh, yeah there's so there's so many established um trainers in the U.S. that we learn from all the time really great and also I also found um a South African um uh, trainer I think her name is um fitness uh queen or fitness queen, queen. Oh, queen. I don't. fitness I think her actual name is Mapule Ndobu but ah, yeah. really really inspiring and like I think she um just saw on her page like she does things like um like outdoor sessions where it's a big big space and then sort of a big group environment as well which I think is really great because you know you not only get um, a certain age group you know you, you can spread it out to have a lot of people um, just out to have a bit of fun and I think yeah encouraging people to, to have that space and um, yeah that, that definitely makes a huge difference it makes a difference and I think it takes away that uh, because sometimes a gym environment can feel really rigid if you're someone who's not used to it um, and institutionalized where you think oh my gosh I have to do things in a certain way but outdoors is like more freeing as well. It is, it, it certainly is and not just doing it yourself if you've got friends and family doing it with you see that's an encouragement and that's accountability because you know you have that um, space to to be 
you know, encouraging each other, motivating each other. You know, when mm -hmm. one person's down, the other person can lift the other person up as well. So, yeah, that for me, I think gave me the idea of being able to then think about, okay, this is what I love to do. Um, outdoor training, hmm, okay, this could be something that could be of a space that I would want to venture into. Mm. outdoor group training but also being able to travel to people's um, homes or centralized locations and so mobile training um, uh, that way it gives a space you know if someone is living somewhere that one they have only one gym that's around and that one gym is like the gym I talked about before where it's like you're saying um feels like it's digitalized like it's just one of those oh I don't think I want yeah. to I just won't do any exercise that way you have that ability to to reach out to someone and um, mm -hmm. give them um, the service that they need so yeah that's sort of where I am at, at the moment obviously due to COVID it's a little bit um, hard for me to be doing any online services because I prefer to be sort of face-to-face -face with clients um, yeah. yeah I've had to sort of put my um, fitness, uh, I guess, career on the side and sort of mainly focus on my current job. Okay. But, yeah, but I'm wanting to, as soon as COVID sort of stops, um, just jump back into that space and being able to, again, link with clients and um, have that space to, to, to move around as well is, is really encouraging. I did have some experience doing mobile training um, post EFM and that was very, it was different, but very, very um, innovative for me because yeah. you can have the box and, you know, building up equipment as well um, is what I enjoy because then it, it gives you an opportunity, a space for functional training. Mm -hmm. Functional training is more applicable to our everyday person as opposed to, mm. and if, you, if you're going to be doing it at home, you know, you can be more innovative. And I think, you know, from your videos, you know, you, I see you working out with, you know, water bottles, suitcases. Yeah, suitcases. No, you know, it, it's something that, you know, anyone can do anytime because they've got the stuff at home as well. So yeah. you really have to have, you know, a barbell, um, you know, really heavy equipment, but you can sort of improvise. And once you start to have a routine, that gives you, um, you know, consistency as well. So, yeah. yeah. That's and with the mobile training, like how do you, um, once, if, once COVID is over, I should say, how do you manage your, your full-time job with your personal training as well? Like yeah. how have you been able to structure it? So I um, basically usually uh, would be doing it over the weekend. Um, and throughout the week, it's more um, after hours where clients, you know, need you the most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so having clients that are sort of around the area that I'm based um, makes a difference because it's, you know, jumping from one uh, location to the next. But I also found um, that it's a little bit easier to have the clients within the same area as well. So that way, um, sort of, you know, 
if after one client I go next door and it's you know the next client mm. yeah that makes it a lot um easier in that aspect yeah yeah and more fluid as well you can just move from client to client yeah that's it yeah <laughs> and in that space um do they usually see you before have you felt any differences or have people asked questions about your culture or your background or being surprised or anything like that do you think that your um cultural background comes into that part of your your work as well i think it does a little bit um especially because i think the structure of how um the client base i had so i was working with alongside um another personal trainer who had established uh, the mobile training um, at the start. And so um, he was then sort of helping me to associate the clients. And so first time encounters were always, you know, a little bit, oh, oh okay, hello. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you start to get to know the clients and then it's a little bit more questions coming into the space, you know, how long have you been here? You know, oh, you've got such good English. Like, were you born in Australia? And it's like, yeah. I, I moved here when I was 14. But, you know, having, apparently if you move here before 16, you can pick up the accent. But I, mm. I think I have a Zimbabwean accent, to be honest. Yeah, I, can st I can still hear. I can hear a mix of both. Yeah. It's, it's intertwined. <laughs> so it's kind of those questions that come up. Um, yeah, so it, it does play a part, I think, in terms of, especially with mobile training, because, you know, mm. it's not like you've got other trainers around that they can Yeah, see. that's true, because you're going into pe people's homes as well, so it's very personal. It is, very, yeah, I'm literally invading their space, so, yeah. yeah and killing them too, like, <laughs> making them work. Exactly, in their backyards, or we go to a park, which is, be like you know close to their house and stuff and I've even had like clients you know with kids so you know you, you want to incorporate kitties playtime as well with them so that they feel part, yeah. part of the training which is also pretty cool because you know yeah. we also um, had you know a whole segment of you know um, adolescents and you know working with children so that's also played a huge you know um guess connection between you know what, what we were studying and how we practically use it just like a gym how you would be having sort of younger um clients coming in as well so that was yeah. oh that's so good and i think as well that um i'm really excited about uh that the diversity that's happening in australia like i've been able to watch it over many years but i think it's so good because in our industry, even though people don't think about it, we really get to get personal with people. And in that way, people just start to, everyone starts to accept each other more, <laughs> you know? It's just a good space to do it. It definitely is. And I think because of the platform, you're able to actually have those interactions, those relationships even. You know? mm. it's, it's something that, you know, you wouldn't be getting if it was, you know, your day-to-day, um, interaction so it, it really does play a role in I guess um, showcasing our culture and you know yeah. being to let people know about you know 
where we're from, what our culture is like, and how to 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 I guess interact with other people. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, in terms of yeah, just inspiring other people. Do you have any top tips in terms of uh, someone who's younger who's wanting to go into the fitness industry? Any uh, top tips that you have? Yeah, I think for me personally, I'd um, I'd definitely um, encourage uh, the younger version of myself. <laughs> <laughs> to create uh, networks and I guess accountability mm. and even mentorships um, if possible, if you can access or be able to, to, to interact with anyone that's been in the industry for a while or even who's in the same sort of, you know, playing field um, as quickly as possible um, as this would really make a difference in building you up as, as, as a trainer, but also being able to have um, someone who can, you can relate to um, and see, okay, they've done it before, you know, they've given me this advice or the do's and don'ts. Obviously everyone's different and how you do that is, you know, can be varied, but at least you have someone you can talk to and, you know, share any hardships that they've encountered as well. Um, I definitely also encourage people not to study face-to-face. -face. <laughs> um, I think that's something that... Um, or if, online. Online is what I meant, yeah. So I definitely mm -hmm. encourage people to be studying face-to-face -face and not online because, mm. uh, yeah, on its own in this kind of industry, um, you know, it may be helpful depending on what you do, but if you're like me, who would prefer to not <laughs> um, yeah. and have that, yeah, experience through practical training, that would be um, really great. Um, I think also what you see on Instagram, YouTube, you know, might be good, but also, you know, take it with a grain of salt. So, yeah you know do your bit of research and you know talk to people that are in the industry or anyone that you would have done the course with to be able to help you um through that and i think yeah surround yourself with like-minded people and you'll be fine <laughs> yeah birds of a feather flock together yeah that's and, it. yeah and i suppose we all grow from being around uh people who are inspiring and strong as well then we all grow yeah definitely yeah and in terms of um, body positivity, that's a really big topic. It's been around for ages, but in terms of Australia, you know, there's more diversity coming in. Is there anything that you can encourage a young woman out there who's listening? Because coming from Zimbabwe for myself, uh, when I was growing up, it was more, um, you sh in our culture, it was, you know, you should be curvy. That's the, that was the definition of a healthy woman. But in Australia, it's a little bit different. So how do you encourage someone in terms of seeing their body positively? Yeah, I think um, everyone has a body type, a different body type to other people. And yeah, what works for someone else may not necessarily work for you. Um, and I think, you know, being in this environment, you have obviously like a easier lifestyle there's you know a lack of social relationships at times mm -hmm. high stress there's things like children's preferences 
um, food insecurities, um, lack of tradition for some foods, like some traditional foods as well. Um, and so I think all of that can result in, you know, low consumption of um, proper nutrients and um, yeah, unfavorable dietary changes can cause, I guess, you know, more chronic diseases, including, you know, cardiovascular um, diseases, hypertension, type two diabetes. Um, so I definitely encourage, um, you know, anyone who's out there to um, really think about what, how they're impacting their bodies um, in the sense of, you know, are you getting regularly checked? Are you, um, you know, visiting the doctor often, you know, just getting your bloods, just see where you're at and how then can you um, make that lifestyle change if you have to. If you don't have to, then that's fine. Um, you know, keep doing what you're doing, keep eating those traditional foods, those really um, great foods, but also um, don't beat yourself up either, you know, because everyone, like I said, has a body type. Embrace, um, how your body is like, but also think about whether you're on the healthy side or the unhealthy side. And if you're on the latter, then like you want to make the, the changes that will help you to be on the healthy side while you're embracing, you know, how your body looks, how you feel um, in a positive way. So I think that's how I would, um, yeah, answer that question. <laughs> It's a very tricky question to answer as well, because there's so much out there with social media, you know, so it's getting to that place, I think, of embracing your body and how it is, whether it's curvy, non-curvy, it's a journey, it takes time. It really does, yeah. And even if you are curvy, like you can be curvy and still be healthy, you know. Yes, exactly. It's not to say that, oh, just because, you know, you're curvy, you're unfit or you're unhealthy. Um, mm -hmm. You know exactly where you sit on that healthy scale. Um, once, you know, you get your blood tests, you get your blood tests, you know, cholesterol levels, all of those um, things, I think, once you figure that out, you then have to assess, okay, how is my body, um, yes, social, socially it may be, not acceptable but if I'm healthy and I'm doing the right things you know I'm doing yoga classes um, not doing the strenuous exercises that you know your typical person would be doing that's fine you know go for walks after work 30 minute exercises you know a day can 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 make a huge difference so yeah keep, keep, keep being positive <laughs> yeah keep keeping on thank you and then also any last encouraging words or words of wisdom before we wrap up? Yeah, I think for a successful intervention, I think really understand how to overcome the boundaries that you may be facing. So um, no matter what situation you're in, you know, think about what are the boundaries or what's stopping me from getting to point B, where I'm on point A. Um, you know, adjust the lifestyle if you have to, um, to be able to incorporate uh, or influence towards a healthy lifestyle. So, yeah, be positive, you know, have 
a good relationship with, you know, people around you that surround you. They should be giving you positive energy as well. And also, you know, balance work and play. Don't work too hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Work hard, play hard. (laughs) And then in terms of social media or anyone out there who's interested in hearing more about your training or working with you, how can people get in touch? Certainly. Um, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Just look up Denise Mzinda. So D-E-N-I-S-E-M-U-Z-I-N-D-A. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Denise, for having the conversation with me. You've really inspired me throughout the interview and also I'm sure inspired the listeners. So even for those young women out there who get to listen to our conversation years later, which I'm hoping, this is something that, you know, can just set the tone because there's, I think we all have different um, different capabilities, unique things about us, and they can just draw from each of us, which is really powerful. Really amazing, yeah. Thank you um, once we get into the industry so yeah thank you very much Taraya. I really appreciate that oh you're welcome my pleasure okay so everyone um, that is our episode for today I'm sure you've all been inspired I will make sure that I put the links as well so you can contact Denise uh, attached with this episode as well so have a good week until the next podcast thank you Thank you so much for listening. To follow Fitness to a T, make sure you check it out on Instagram. The handle is at Teorai1, that's my first name, T-E-U-R-A-I and the digit 1. On Facebook, Fitness to a T is under the full name, Fitness to a T. That's www.facebook.com forward slash Fitness to a T com A-U. Thank you.